Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Final Tackle Podcast. And we've actually got our first soccer or football, whatever you guys want to call it, guest. His name is Dean Heffernan. This episode is brought to you by our proud sponsor, Gold Coast Trading Cards. They are an authorized TLA trading card dealer, and they are the NRL collector's choice. From box breaks to individual cards, they sell thousands of them from the 1960s up until recent 2020s and into the future 2021s coming out next year. Be sure to get all of your NRL trading card needs at Gold Coast Trading Cards, and they ship internationally. Thank you very much for joining us here today. Thanks for having us, CJ. It's good to be here, mate. Nah, for sure. Um, so, obviously, let's go with the first question. Your first team was the Mariners when it comes to the A-League. What was it like getting signed to the A-League and being part of, you could say, history in Australia, such as the A-League? Yeah, it was a really exciting time. As you said, it was only two years earlier where I was playing in the old NSL um as a 21 22 year old it was um something that you know you'd always dreamt of doing to be a professional footballer it wasn't quite at that level in the nsl with certain clubs and i think when we started and had that opportunity to go to central coast mariners it was just it was an adventure you know i'd, I'd always lived in the one place at home um in the sutherland shire and just to be able to leave go up to the central coast on my own new group of players everyone was in the kind of the same position as well. So it was, yeah, they'd all sort of come from the NSL sort of thing. Exactly. Everyone had came from the NSL and and different areas from around the country and put together this team at the Mariners. And, you know, it was just, uh, just showed the level of um, management qualities that Laurie McKinnon had to be able to bring Mm. all those players in and for what we did that season. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, personally, as a Coasties standpoint, because I was a kid when the Mariners started up, um, it had a massive impact on the Central Coast. So actually, there was a massive community impact that the Mariners have and had back then and still have to the point where I was in a class called Seven Heffernan at Narara Valley High School, um, which was you were the namesake of. How does it feel knowing that you had that type of impact and the team in general had that massive impact on the community? Yeah, it's it's nice to know that. Um, obviously, I had no idea that that even existed. I don't don't know if any of the players did. If we did, we would have come out to the classrooms, that's for sure. But it just shows the the level of engagement that we had with the community up there from day one. Mm. Um, it was something that Laurie McKenna, Alex Tobin, um, you know, these guys that have been around the game for a long time that they knew if we were to have any sort of success that we had to engage with the community and. We were doing coaching and um, community appearances every every week. There was something happening, and, and I remember players some players would come to the school them. usually in finals time as well. It, it was it was awesome. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Nah, of course, and they're the good they're the memories that obviously CJ you you remember mm. that, and you know that it's so important that um, we're able to do that as footballers to give something back, but especially for a place like the Central Coast. Um, as I said, Laurie McKinnon knew that that's what needed to be done to grow that fan base, and that's what we did. Yeah, definitely. Um, and obviously, you then went on to other things and other teams, such as the Wanderers, Perth Glory, Melbourne Heart, which are now, I believe, Melbourne City. Um, what was it like going to those different clubs and the atmosphere differences and all that sort of stuff? Well, Melbourne Heart was great as well because it was a new club. It was the mm-hmm. first year. I'd been at the Mariners for five years and it was time for a, for a bit of a change. And 
obviously down at Melbourne Heart, it probably didn't go as according to plan as, as it would have. But, um, you know, you had players like Aziz Bayic coming through, who's had gone on to forge a great career in Europe and mm. for the Socceroos, which which I really enjoy watching. You know, he's the one that took my spot, but <laughs> I actually re- I watch with great interest to see how he's going. He's a top kid and I love, well, he's a young man now. He's captain the Socceroos, so it's just wow. great to see that kind of thing. Um, you know, and Perth and um, was a more experienced squad, um, as was the Wanderers. And mm. to be able to experience grand finals at all of those clubs was, you know, really something special. Um, other than Melbourne Heart, obviously, we didn't mm. quite make the grand final. But And then those little stints overseas as well, as uh, they're just opportunities, right? My, as you said, my first year at the Mariners in the A-League, I was 25. So when you have an option to go to Germany at 25, 26... You take it. <laughs> 30. Yeah, there's no there's no waiting. There's no like, oh, I'll develop a little bit longer in Australia and do this. And no, nah, it's Germany and... and it, well, that and Germany and Italy and England are like the end-all, be-all of uh, football. You know, like they're the top tier. So if you can get a chance to go over there, it's a if you want to develop your game, go over there sort of thing. Yeah, look, and I, I knew I was going to be off the pace. Um, we trialled really well over there. In you and Beauchamp, wasn't it? Yeah, myself and Michael Beecham. And look, um, after six months, three to six months, when you get used to it, you understand how they like to play football. And you're actually a technical footballer as well now because you've been doing it for every day, <laughs> six months straight. So yeah. it was a great experience. But again, you know, had no choice, had to, had to go had to do it there and, and just sink or swim. And luckily for us, we both swam. Yeah, which is amazing. Um, and then obviously you ended up back at the Mariners. I don't know if it was at the tail end of your career, but you did end up doing a second stint at the Mariners. Uh, what was it like coming back to the Mariners and what was the reception like for you as a player from the fans sort of thing? No, I didn't I didn't come back oh, you to didn't? the Mariners for a second stint. No, I think that oh. might have been, yeah, another player. Sorry. Um, I came back up and lived on the central coast okay. as, as a coach and mm-hmm. we created um central coast united mm, that's there. Right. Helped, yeah create that new football club as technical director so it was great to get an opportunity to work back on the coast it's obviously where i met my my wife and and had our family so the last three four years there to almost do my apprenticeship in coaching and and help play a part in building Central Coast United, which is another massive part of the community up there. Yeah, for sure. Um, was great and, you know, a, a massive part of my coaching journey. Yeah, for sure. And speaking of your coaching journey, it's taken you all the way to the W League and you're the coach, well, manager, whatever role you want to call it, of the Western Sydney Wanderers team. What's it like um, coaching that team? Yeah, it's been a fantastic experience. I think um, for us, just the fact that it's a professional um, league, a professional environment, has um, that was the big draw card for us, regardless whether it's the women's league or the men's league. We knew the kind of people and the kind of players that we wanted to have in and around the club. Mm. Um, very happy with how last year went. Very happy with how we're rebuilding this year because obviously a lot of players come and go in the W League. Mm, yeah. However, things change. But um, yeah, look, it's been a great experience. Really looking forward to going again this year and using all the things that we learned last year to try and better prepare us for what's to come. Yeah, for sure. Um, and obviously, speaking of this year with COVID and all that jazz, how did you and the team personally handle the COVID 
season, you could say. Yeah, so for us, we finished our league, well, we finished our season a week or two weeks before all the lockdowns and oh, everything like that started to happen. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, I think the W League Grand Final was um, kind of behind closed doors. They allowed family members and friends to go, mm-hmm. but that was it. Yeah. Um, and, and I think two, three weeks later, the whole league shut down. So mm. it was holiday time anyway for our squad and, and for our staff. So for about a month, a couple of months there, everyone just laid low and did their bit in terms of, um, you know, quarantining and, and staying indoors. And then once that kind of died down a little bit, we started to reach out and checking on players and, and making sure everyone was okay. Yep. Um, and look, started to rebuild, but the, the women's league had to be very patient mm. um, in this time because a lot of the time for those girls, there was no information about the oh, W wow. league. As to whether you it know, was going to go on the next season sort of thing? Yeah, not not so much whether it was going to go on. It was more so based around they had to get all their um, A-League clubs in order first because obviously the W-League clubs fall under their banners. So yeah. um, it was more around the A-League um, independent ownership of the league and, and the clubs and all these bits and pieces. And, you know, there wasn't too many conversations, I believe, about the W-League. So the girls got on the front foot and started making calls and wanting their voices heard. And um, yeah, eventually, obviously it's a massive part to the Australian game and um, people, um, yeah, made sure that the W League's here to stay. Yeah, for sure. Which is honestly an amazing thing for women's sport in general. And it's amazing the, um, the, you could say they're at the forefront really of women's professional sport in Australia. Um, And speaking of new clubs, as you were talking about Melbourne heart and all that sort of stuff, MacArthur FC is a new club for this upcoming season in the A-League. What are your thoughts on that? And also is there, I'm not sure, is there a W league MacArthur FC? And if so, um, what's it like to have such a nearby rival being in Western Sydney? Yeah, it's look, it's great for the league. It's a, it's another derby. Um, Hmm. You know, I know with the the type of people they've got there already and Ante Milicic's coach and uh, Mile Sajowski's there as well. They're really good people in the game and they know their football. They're building a very good squad and you need to have that early success as well mm. to be able to engage fans. It's it's Australia after all. We all love a winner. Um, so it's <laughs> For sure. Important. Yeah, you know, so it's important that um, they've got a good squad and, and they certainly have um, in terms of W league, I, I think they are coming in looking to get a team next season. Mm-hmm. Um, they mean business MacArthur. They're not here to make up numbers and just, nah, definitely not, you know, yeah, I'm hearing stories about, and oh, they've got Tommy coach. Orr in the men's team. Yeah. You know, Tommy Orr, Mark Milligan um, and some other players who were in Europe and some players around Australia. And I think um, just that alone, plus, the infrastructure that they're trying to get in place as well. I feel like, yeah, they, they mean business and they're, they're definitely going to be a team that, um, yeah, puts a bit of um, momentum behind all areas of the club oh, A-League, sure. W-League and, and their youth. Yeah, they will for sure. And I agree with that tenfold with the, especially with the statement of um, everyone loves a winner in Australia and you've got to get off to a good start the first few seasons, because I think that's definitely one of the reasons how the wonder, how and why the Wanderers have done so well, because they did so well in their first few seasons and still continue to do well to this day. Um, That's not just the A-League, that's the W-League and the Youth Academy as well. 
Um, now, tangenting off to some fun sort of questions. Um, if there could be a movie made about your life, which actor would you want to play you? Oh, jeez. <laughs> um, oh, no idea. Um, oh, you've got me there. Uh, and uh, do you know what? I, have a, I used to be a big movie fan okay. um, during my playing days, but then I had kids. So I don't know if I've actually watched a movie in the last 10 years. Okay. But, uh, that's what happens as a parent. But look, I... Yeah, let's say someone. I was a big fan of the Lethal Weapon movies oh, or yep. Indiana Jones. So maybe either Harrison Ford or Mel Gibson, something yeah. like that. Yeah, nice. Um, what was your Netflix binge during the lockdown? Like, or was there a show that you just started watching and loved in general? Yeah, Cobra Kai. Oh, Cobra how Kai. good! How good! <laughs> oh, mate, so good. Honestly, oh. didn't want to turn it off. It was. Um, it brought back so many good memories. <laughs> I'd, I'd be calling my brothers while we're watching it. And even my soccer team, my over 35s team, we're all wearing headbands and training. And How good, you know, like. Uh, yeah, it's funny. It is funny. I got my kids to watch most of it as well. Did they enjoy it? So, yeah, they loved it. They what, loved it. What I did is after I'd finished watching it, I then went and watched Karate Kid 1, 2 and 3 and then started yeah. watching the show all over again. It's so good. So good. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, uh, how do you like your steak? So back on the steaks lately, actually, we mm. I've got off the red meat for a few years, and okay. just recently, is both my boys are loving their hamburgers and mm. loving their steak at the moment. So back onto it, and we all go the old medium rare, mate. Mm. Yeah, nice, nice. Medium rare is the best way to go. If you could have a superpower, what would it be, and why? Um, it would be just being able to help people in some way, you mm. know. Um, yeah, just yeah, something to be able to help people. Yeah, that's fair. That's honestly, that's awesome. <laughs> that's really awesome. Um, speaking of your time in the NSL, you did play for a few teams like Wollongong Wolves, Sydney United, Sutherland Sharks. Um, what were the differences between those clubs, where, like whether it's training or playing and in general? Good test now because that was a good 20-odd years ago. <laughs> um, yeah, look, it was... It was just exciting time. I was at that age where I was just thriving on football. I couldn't live without it. And anything to do with football was exciting to me. Um, it was probably more so the people around me as well. Mm. So if I had, you know, Wollongong Wolves was such a great group of guys to start off my my professional journey. Um, we used to meet at the top at Heathcote there yep. um, in the Sutherland Shire and we'd carpool ourselves down to Wollongong and, still friends with some of those guys today which is great and you see them around the football space but um yeah that was good times so yeah look i think for any of those teams and and the time around it it was more so just the people that you're playing with and um the little trips away for games and things like that it was just an exciting time because you're so young and there's a lot happening and a bright future yeah no that's fair one second pardon me um no, that's fair. And that sounds awesome. You know, literally prime of your life, loving, loving football, doing nothing but football. That sounds like the dream. Um, we've got a question from a diehard Mariners fan. His name's Kareem. And he asks, who was the, your best and or favorite coach to play under during the, your time in the A-League? Um, look, I, I enjoyed, really enjoyed my time under Laurie McKinnon. Uh, I think just... Every year was we had fun. 
every year we, we knew we were going to compete and make sure that we were in those finals and semi-finals. Um, we enjoyed our time off the pitch as well. He allowed us to do that. So, um, and you just always knew where you stood with Laurie as well, which was great. Um, as Did you say he was a good player manager sort of thing? Like a good the best. person? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, the best. And definitely as your career progressed and as the coaching kind of progressed and there's different ways that mm. coaches do things, they might play little mind games or a lot more tactical or they might not talk to you or any, you, you never had to worry about that with Laurie. If, okay. if you if you copped three goals and they were all your fault, he'd, he'd all pretty much treat you the same way. Okay. Um, but he'd also let yeah. you know a little bit. Oh, of course, he always let you know. That that was never an issue. Um, whereas maybe other coaches probably wouldn't talk to you for two weeks. Or they'd give and, you a spray sort of thing. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it was always good. And then I guess tactically, Tony Popovich was probably mm. the best as well, which really got my... Um, yeah, brain kind of flowing in terms of how to play the game and different ways you can do things. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and honestly, that about wraps it up. Other than, um, oh, sorry, I've got two more. Uh, your time at the Socceroos. You played two. You played two games for Australia, which is every kid's dream to play for Australia in any sport they do. What was it like to pull on the green and gold and go out and you know play a game? Yeah, look, it was. It was similar to that first time that you get given a strip for a professional club. I remember um, just holding, you know, the Wollongong Wolf shirt in my hands and knowing that, you know, my whole life I wanted to be a professional footballer. Um, but then also in the background and bubbling on so that you wanted to be a socceroo as well. So um, I had an opportunity in 2008 being with the... Um, the Socceroos against Argentina didn't get on the field. And then after that, I kind of had that broken leg. and Which an is very unfortunate. That was a massive injury. And sorry to tangent off yeah. into that, but how, how did how was the recovery and dealing with that? Because you were more or less, you could say, at the at the peak of your, uh, like at the start of your career sort of thing in the A-League. And did it suffer that? How did it um, affect you? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I just didn't really give it too much. Um, too much energy in it, it is what it is. My leg yeah, that's was broken. True. Yep. Nothing you can do about it really. It yeah. Yeah. And I had to get it better and that's what I did. And yeah. a goal of mine, um, you know, I, I had a soccer shirt from that Argentina camp and I just, when my leg was broken, I just had it hanging up just above my bed on the wall. So every day I woke up and I saw that shirt and I that knew that motivation. that's what I wanted. Yeah. yeah, just to, to do the little things right. And um, lucky enough, about a year and a half later, I got back in and, yeah, it was awesome. Best feeling I've ever had as a footballer. Um, yeah, just hearing the anthem, playing and then and then scoring as well. Yeah. Yeah, amazing <laughs> yeah Exactly. Amazing. Yeah. That, that's amazing, you know, because as I said, every kid that ever in Australia really they just want to pull on the green and gold no matter what sport it is. And to be able to do that is an amazing achievement. So well done on that. And the last question I've got is, do you have any advice for any young kids, whether they're academy kids or even like six years old on their dreams? Like, you know, that if they've got dreams to make it in the big league one day. Yeah. Don't listen to people's opinions. That's for sure. Um, you know, uh, if I did, 
I definitely wouldn't have done the things that I had done. Um, when I was coaching on the Central Coast, it was, uh, for me, I, I always told the players, any of them can um, can be whatever they want in football. It's in, it's in their control. It's in your control as a, as a player. If you want it enough, you can get there. Um, don't listen to other people's opinions, especially if they're negative. And even <laughs> if the positive ones as well, stay level-headed, um, stay neutral, make sure you know what you're about and be comfortable in your own skin and no one can stop you. Yeah, no, that's it. That's it. Um, and that, and I reckon, you know, another piece of advice, I mean, I personally can't say anything because I've never played it professionally, but the one of the other bits of advice that I always hear from pe- um, you know, guests that I've had on is also try your best to be coachable as well would you say that that would be another thing or um yeah so when i say don't listen it's uh, definitely not don't listen to your coaches okay <laughs> but um yeah, yeah look, so don't it, listen it, to the fans and what they may be saying sort of thing is that yeah what, don't yeah. don't listen to your teammates who say that you're not good <laughs> enough or don't listen to the people that um aren't actually on board with what your dream is and um yeah you, you've got to be coachable for sure um to and you've got to be a good teammate, you know, because that's where people want to be around you as well. So being coachable and being a good teammate is is critical in the process for sure um, to achieve anything. And not everyone wants to be a professional footballer either. So I think that's important for coaches mm. to understand more than anything that a lot of these kids are just having fun and want to score some goals. So um, I think making sure that, yeah, the players are coachable, but the coaches understand the players that they're coaching as well. Yeah, that's fair. And that's true. And honestly, that's basically it that I've got listed. Um, so awesome. I'm going to I'm gonna close it up by saying thank you very much for joining me. And thank you very much for being the first A-League slash professional footballer that I've had on the podcast. And I've got plenty more coming up. So thank you very much. And I'll send you the link and tag you when it's all uploaded and all that. No worries, CJ. Thanks for having me, mate. And good luck with it. Thank you, mate. And take care.